If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting through Patreon. Your donations go to help pay for the boring parts of the podcast that make it possible to produce, such as microphones, website hosting, and even... No, 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 I can't feed you with it. Anyway, you can donate as much or as little as you like, anything from $1 a month to $1,000 a month, although no one has gone for that yet. But hey, there's always a first, right? <sighs> yeah, I didn't think so. What was that? What's going on? It is an eruption. Look, we may have tsunami. Get away from the shore. Okay, let's get to a safer place and I'll tell you more. So here's what we know. An undersea volcano near Tonga in the middle of the Pacific Ocean erupted this past Saturday, January 15, 2022. The eruption was amazing, dramatic, and surreal. Surreal is a word we use to mean we can't believe it's actually happening. Like the real event happening is fake. But there is nothing fake about this. The eruption has sent plumes of gas and ash thousands of feet into the atmosphere, and the cloud of ash is spreading out for hundreds of miles. I think to understand what is happening, and a little bit of why, it's time for us to backtrack and talk about some geological basics. Pretend you are walking through a garden on a stone pathway. Perhaps you can imagine stone pavers of gray laid down right next to each other. Now imagine that it was raining for days beforehand and the stone tiles or pavers, when you step on them, squish and slide around a little, bumping into each other. Can you, in your imagination, see mud being squished up between the pavers? Let's pretend another scenario. You have two sheets of plain paper on a table in front of you. You put a hand on each sheet and slowly slide them together. Even though the papers touch, there could still be a small gap between them in some spots. But as you push them together, the edges of the paper may push into each other and upward. These two situations could be a way to represent our Earth. We think of the ground beneath us as solid, but there are actually sections of the crust of the Earth called tectonic plates. They slide and move around, bumping into each other, sometimes going beneath each other, or even colliding, creating mountain ranges, like our papers did. Well, at these edges of the plates, where they meet up, it's a good place to have earthquakes and volcanoes. Just like the mud could squish up between two pavers, so magma could squeeze up between tectonic plates on our Earth. You may ask, what's magma? Think of ice. How warm does it have to be to melt ice? Only about 35 degrees Fahrenheit or one or two degrees Celsius. To us, that feels cold, so it doesn't take very much to melt ice. Now, how about rocks? How hot would it have to be to make them melt, and rocks can melt? It's a very high temperature, you can imagine. Would they melt in your oven? 
your oven gets up to about 500 degrees Fahrenheit or about 250 degrees Celsius, by the way. To melt rocks, it takes extremely high temperatures, even higher than your oven, 1,000 to 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. That's about 500 to 1,000 degrees Celsius. Wow. The Earth creates its own pressure inside, so much that it gets hot, hot enough to melt rock. That is why deep inside the Earth is molten rock. That's melted rock, known as magma. There is so much heat and pressure wanting to go in many directions, it's a good thing there is a nice crust on the Earth to protect us from the molten rock, the magma beneath us. That is part of intelligent design. It is just one of an unimaginable series of circumstances just right so life can exist on our Earth. If one of many of those circumstances were off, we would not be able to live. Some people say it's just luck. I don't believe it is any coincidence. We are protected from the heat at the center of the Earth by more than random chance. Back to the magma. It is highly pressurized, like when you shake a soda can up and then open the lid. The pressure builds up inside and is eager to escape through any tiny opening possible. Magma does something similar, often finding those openings at the edges of tectonic plates. So, if Tonga had an undersea volcano nearby that erupted, guess what Tonga is near to? It is right along the edge of a tectonic plate right where you would expect magma to be squishing up through. In fact, the entire Pacific Ocean is surrounded with earthquakes and volcanoes called the Ring of Fire because of the tectonic plates that mark the boundaries. Most of the Ring of Fire is along the coasts of North and South America, Asia, and along Australia. However, one of the plates extends partway into the Pacific Ocean in the Southern Hemisphere, near where Tonga and other islands are. And it's no surprise, many, if not all of those islands are only in existence because they were actually created by magma. Okay, we're making progress. Let's talk about undersea volcanoes because this eruption was from an undersea volcano. Imagine with me again that you are traveling down, down into the ocean. It gets colder and darker. You decide not to switch on the lights of the submarine but you begin to see faint red and orange glowing like coals of light pulsing with heat. The water temperature down here, instead of getting colder and colder, is actually getting a little bit warmer. You have made it down to the edge of a tectonic plate. Magma is pushing up between the cracks. As it pushes up, it cools. It builds up and up, mounding higher and higher. Over years, the areas around the vents in the ocean floor where magma is pushing up through builds higher and higher, like adding Legos onto a board. Slowly over time, the whole floor in that region is built up so high it may even get close enough to the surface of the ocean. If it does, an island is formed. And the volcano that erupted near Tonga is an undersea volcano. Well, mostly. The edges of the crater for this volcano, or caldera, were beginning to poke up above the surface, creating two small islands. The main crater, or caldera, of the volcano was still 
under the surface of the ocean. By the way, the name of this volcano is Hunga Tonga Hunga Ha'apai. That's the best pronunciation I can give. To keep it simple, we'll call it the Tonga Volcano. So it erupted right in the middle, from the middle of the caldera, which was still underwater. Think of a pot in your kitchen where you boil water. The edges of the pot would be like the rim, and the middle, deeper part of the pot where you put carrots and potatoes to boil is the caldera, or the crater. That's where the heat and magma, gases and ash come from. It is estimated that there are one million undersea volcanoes around the world, and they are located near the Earth's tectonic plates. No surprise there. That's because that's where they form. Actually, most of the volcanic activity on Earth happens not on the surface, but underwater. So this eruption, though beginning underwater, was so large, it affected the entire planet. You may not have noticed, but no matter where you live, your atmosphere changed. An atmosphere is the sky around and above you. There was a change in atmospheric pressure recorded around the world. In fact, if you look on our Facebook or Instagram pages, you can see a picture that my father took showing the change in pressure where we live. There are constant little changes taking place throughout the day in atmospheric pressure, but a large significant change happened that was clearly shown on the graph because of the explosion from the Tonga volcanic eruption. Wow, because we live thousands of miles away. A question you may be wondering, and I wondered too, is, how did this eruption cause such a disturbance to the atmosphere when it exploded from underwater? Why didn't the water just cool down the magma before it reached the surface? On sciencealert.com, Shane Cronin says, If magma rises into seawater slowly, even at temperatures of about 1,200 degrees Celsius, or 2,200 degrees Fahrenheit, a thin film of steam forms between the magma and water. This provides a layer of insulation to allow the outer surface of the magma to cool. But this process doesn't work when magma is blasted out of the ground full of volcanic gas. When magma enters the water rapidly, that's quickly, any steam layers are quickly disrupted, bringing hot magma in direct contact with cold water. Volcano researchers call this fuel-coolant interaction, and it is akin to weapons-grade chemical explosions. Extremely violent blasts tear the magma apart. A chain reaction begins with new magma fragments exposing fresh hot interior surfaces to water and the explosions repeat, ultimately jutting out volcanic particles and causing blasts with supersonic speeds. Wow, that sounds exciting. So from what I gather, it's basically too much heat being spewed out into the cool water too fast. So instead of it having time to cool down, it actually causes a greater explosion. So the magma gets spread around the ocean even faster and erupts eventually up and out into the atmosphere. Probably the most dangerous aspect of this eruption is not from the blast itself, but from the tsunamis. Tsunami is a Japanese word that means something like harbor wave. 
It sounds harmless. Waves crash literally all the time around the world, after all. But what makes tsunamis so dangerous is that it's not simply a single wave, but rather a wall of water, raising the entire level of the ocean somewhat, so that it crashes into everything in its path. If you want to see complete chaos, watch some online videos of destructive tsunamis sometime. It's a form of nature's raw power. The ripple effects of this eruption are so powerful, multiple countries around the world have evacuated coastal regions in anticipation of possible tsunamis with effects expected all the way across the Pacific Ocean along the coast of North and South America. What's neat about our world is that it's constantly changing. There is so much to learn and explore, so many topics to research. I am Moose Jaw Matt, and I encourage you to keep exploring your world.